You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi, y'all. I am delighted to bring you the guest this week. Her name is Mimi Clark, and I've known her for almost a year now. She is a friend of mine here in my real life. I see her at my business. I see her at school pickup. I see her on drink wine at patio nights that we have. Um, And I'm really happy that Mimi had time. She's very busy. She's always on the go like I am, you know, um, we're not people that are, uh, what would I say? Um, we're not people that, uh, have a lot of downtime. Let's say that (laughs) we're not people that have a lot of downtime. And I just so appreciated getting to visit with Mimi. And so it's really timely that we talked to Mimi. I asked Mimi to be a guest on my show about a month, you know, er early, on in March, maybe even late February. And since then, we had an incident in our country involving the deaths of many Asian Americans. And Mimi is Asian American. And I was always going to ask her about what it was like to be Asian American and what it was like to be adopted in living in the United States. But of course, the topic was even more pertinent and obvious to talk about now. And it's been an interesting year for her to be Asian American (laughs) in our country. And I'm really, I'm really happy to bring you this today. And I'm really excited for you to meet Mimi. She has a great laugh. And we sat here where I'm, I'm sitting right now when I'm recording this intro, we got to do this in person. The weather cooperated because the last time I interviewed a friend, it was like, the snowpocalypse was starting to happen in Texas and we both had gold shoes on and gold gold, like sneakers. And that just really made my heart happy (laughs) to see our gold sneakers both up on us on a stool with our feet up and to be able to visit and talk to Mimi and, and now to be able to share her story and experience makes me so happy. Okay. Before we go and meet Mimi here in a second, have you rated the show so that a gnome could get its hat? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is gonna stick. I love this. So every, if you if you haven't heard, every time you rate the show, a gnome gets its hat. It's like an angel gets its wings. It, it's a gnome gets its hat. You know the little gnomey hats. I just want to let you know that. So why don't you go rate the show and review the show, and a gnome will get its hat. What better use of your time right now? I don't know what to say. Other than let's go meet Mimi. All right, I have Mimi here with me today. Hi, Mimi. Hi, Jesse. Thank this, you for having me. Uh, of course, this is so fun. We're sitting in my bedroom, everyone staring at each other with mics and headphones. <laughs> it's the best. It's so cozy and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like it. We both have gold shoes on. Yeah. We're both of us working moms in our like Sunday work gold sneaker outfits on. I it's like really, it. It's really yeah. fabulous. Mimi, what do we need to know about you? Tell us about you. Well, I am... I'm I we I moved to San Angelo about the same time you did. Yeah. So we've been here about two years now. Mm-hmm. And my husband is a football coach, college football coach. Mm-hmm. So we've moved a lot. We've moved eight times in fifteen years of marriage. Oh my goodness. Yes, yeah, so everywhere. So 
during those times, I find all these crazy jobs, mostly in marketing, PR, um, and real estate. So I've sold real estate. This is the third state I've sold real estate in. So I sell real estate and I volunteer a lot in the community because I know we will leave eventually. So I want to try to not feel like a hermit and get out there and get to know people. And I have three kids, Kaden, who's 10, and Kai, who is seven, and Kalina, who is four. And right now you are a realtor, correct? Yes. Yes. And she is a hustler. (laughs) Constantly. Thank you. We talked about that this morning, about what our kids' spring break was like with working parents like us that are just like nonstop. So this is obviously a friend of mine and we're doing the the fun friend episodes. And I like to start with, you can put it up there, of how we know each other and how we met. And... We have a mutual friend, Natalie, who's on the show about two months ago as, or maybe last month, I can't remember, as our fun friend guest. And so it was last year during COVID. And I love Mother's Day. And what I love about Mother's Day is that I spend my Mother's Day with other mothers, not with my children. And I contacted Natalie and I was like, because remember it was COVID, and, but I had a great option. We have a boat. We could hang out outside. And I was like, I had this whole dream of like, Daniel can drive us around. There can be moms on a boat. And I told Natalie and I said, bring, you know, any other mom that would want to come. And so she brought you and um, the neighbor who was also a mutual friend of yours and I came. Mm-hmm. So there was four moms on a boat on Mother's Day last year. And Mimi shows up amazing with, with presents. The moment I met her, she hands me a present. You guys, <laughs> she is that amazing person. <laughs> Presents or alcohol, you can count on me for bringing you one brought or the both. other. You brought both that day. <laughs> it was so much fun. I do remember that because Mother's Day, it's like you want to, I mean, you're celebrating it because you obviously have kids, but you want to be really far away from them and just yeah. <laughs> enjoy yourself. Yes. And other company and commiserate kind of with some other moms who are just as stressed as you mm-hmm. are and want to be far away from their kids and have yeah. the time that you don't get alone ever, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. It was very awesome. And yeah. the music was good, the food, the, <laughs> but I mean, it was such a fun day. It was so perfect. And that's how I've encouraged other moms. I'm like, celebrate being a mom by having like some time away from your children because like the classic, like go out to brunch on Mother's Day and like then you spend the morning like getting your children all dressed up or bathed to go to a brunch and they're stressing you out and it's like, that's not the feelings I want to have on Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Yeah. I want to relax with other mothers mm-hmm. and get a day away. Um, it was wonderful. And we'll do it again come May. So I want to talk about your story. but I f- And you tell me, shall we? Because you have an interesting story, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we talk about your story to now? Because I want to ask you about what it's like being Asian right now in this moment what would you like to how would you like to do it do you want to tell us your story first or tell us what it's like in this moment gosh I don't know I guess it'll all kind of unravel you can take it whatever direction but being Asian now for I mean obviously you can't see me but I'm I'm 100% Korean (laughs) you know you you will not mistake me I'm 100% (laughs) Korean and both my parents are 100% Korean I was adopted though when I was three months old into a uber white family like (laughs) super white my dad was tall red hair blue eyes and then my mom was blonde hair blue eyes super tall too you know super irish so dad german 
and my last name was Krupke. Oh my, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, my name was Mimi Krupke, and of course, my parents named me after a French opera singer. So, I mean, this completely Asian baby. Yes. <laughs> in this white family. So, I grew up very much in a white society. I think it was myself who was Korean. There was one Indian kid at my school and two black kids who were brother and sister. That was how white our school was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the type of environment I grew up in. Now, as an adult, everyone always asks, oh, like, where are you from? And you're like... I'm like, okay, well... Chicago. I'm going to answer this, but I know the answer you really want. Because <laughs> they like, where are you from? And I'll say, I'm from Iowa. Like, oh, okay, but where... So, so in Iowa, did you grow up? Like, they really want to know what my ethnicity is. And right. so I have to say, I, I grew up in Iowa, but I was born in Korea because that's what they want to know. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which you wouldn't normally ask any white person. Like, where right. are you from? And you accept, oh, Chicago. Okay. Right, Chicago's the answer. <laughs> well, where are your great-grandparents from? Tell me about that. <laughs> that's exactly, that's what they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely with all the violence has been going on, honestly, as... Um, an Asian American mm-hmm. ever since COVID hit, it's yep. been a weird society. Yep. So when COVID happened, I just happened to be traveling in Israel. Mm-hmm. So I was in the Holy Land mm-hmm. and we had just started shutting down and they stopped Korean flights into Israel and we were, we had maybe two days left. So everyone just panicked. Any Asian person they saw, they just mm-hmm went as far away as possible because no one really knew what was going on and they just Mm -hmm. heard it started from China Mm -hmm. and it's very hard. I'm going to give white people a pass here because (laughs) it is very hard telling different Asian ethnicities apart Mm -hmm. unless you really study and have been around Mm -hmm. Asian people. I can tell, but it's because I've been around a lot of Asian people. So they're like, pretty much everyone's just Chinese, okay? (laughs) Everyone is Chinese. That's what everyone says. And so every time they'd see someone Asian, and I'm with, you know, a very white tour group, they would just go very far away. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't even letting people, Korean people off planes. Korean people couldn't check into their hotels. They were all sitting in lobbies and... If you were already in a tour group, they would bring, they would take all the Korean people or Asian people to a back room because wow. mainly it's buffets there because so many tours. Right. So right. they'd take them to a back room and then bring food to them, like acting like they were trying to be more hospitable, but they did not want them near. It's so crazy how it just like like that too. It was like one day, just this bizarre treatment. Super right. fast. It happened yeah. super fast. So. When I really felt it, I mean, we were joking because at that point we had been with our tour group. We get, we really get friendly and I, am, I, it takes a lot to really offend me. Yeah. And so we're kind of joking, but at the airport going home. Um, and this is March of last year, right? Yes. This yep. is, this is March at the airport going home. They had, we had to go home. They were shutting down all the borders and I was in the duty free shop yep. And so I picked up a piece of some lotion because I love this brand of lotion. And the woman comes up and just grabs it from my hand. And she's like, this is not a sample. And I just looked at her. I'm like, it, it says sample on the label. <laughs> and, and I think she was taken back because I spoke such 
good English. Right, because you're from <laughs> yes. Iowa. Yes. And then she says, it says sample. And then she just clears the whole shelf with her arm and she's like, no, none of them. And just like scoops them up into her, her arm, stomps away. And then her and her coworker are just staring at me, you know, talking. And I could just feel it. Like mm-hmm. I I could tell what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then through the airport, I was like, I, I want to get home. I need to get back to America. You know, this is mm-hmm. horribly uncomfortable. But it was the whole air ride, airline ride home, like everything. They just stared at me mm-hmm. and it just felt terrible. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have it. I'm like, well, maybe I do. I don't know. Right? Like, we <laughs> don't know if we have it. I don't. What's going on? It's not me. Yeah. Right. So I think ever since then, it's been really stereotyped. Like people just lump everyone together and they, mm-hmm. they don't know. So it's, it's ever since COVID. It's like, right. okay, do you eat bats? I'm like, no, I don't eat bats. Like, that's <laughs> just. Has people asked you that directly? Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah, they're like, oh, so in your country, do you guys, you guys do that? I'm like, I'm from Iowa. Oh, yeah, I'm like, no, not in Bettendorf, Iowa. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, you know, you've told me about your family, and I want to see a photo of you and your family because I remember when I met you, you were like, I was like the little Asian girl in the like the family photo. Mm-hmm. I love. I want to see that. But yeah, it's like any family reunion. And you mm-hmm. see everyone's photos, mm-hmm. and then you see this one person who just sticks out, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, wait, where? You try to figure out, like, who mm-hmm. do they belong to? Are mm-hmm. they dating someone? Are they, you know? Mm-hmm. As I got older, my brother's only 11 months younger than me, and he's tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. But yeah. whenever we'd go places, people who didn't know us thought we were dating. Oh, okay, yeah. And then uh-huh. as I got older, if my dad and I went out to a restaurant, they were like, oh, mail order bride. bride. Like, right. yeah, young Asian <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it was just mortified. It was so uncomfortable. So yeah. when, this is going to be a funny question, when did you realize you were different in your family? Well, forever, mm-hmm. I knew I was Asian. Yeah. But I was always checking Caucasian on my tests because uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought that was like, oh, Caucasian, like right. it has Asian in it. You know, right. when, you're, yes. when you take yeah. grade school tests, you have to check yeah. whatever. Yeah. So for a really long time, my mom caught me one time. She's like, why are you checking that? I'm like, well, aren't isn't that what I am? I have no clue. I don't really know how old I was when they told me I was adopted. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. But always growing up, I knew yeah. I was okay, adopted. Good. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. They weren't like, oh, by the way, you know, yeah. when you're like 14, you're like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. No, but people would come up to my parents when I was a baby and be like, will she be able to speak English or how will you be able to understand her? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So then like in this experience of, you know, I know you've talked about like just how it physically you've always been like a singular, right? person but then I also know that there was a moment in your life when you went to Korea I want to hear about that so tell us the story about how you went to Korea the first time oh gosh so how old were you I want to say I was 35 mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. how old am I now I <laughs> once you get a certain age it kind of I just know. blends together <laughs> I, I, I had my first child and that's when I, I I really started so forever. I didn't know who my mom or dad were. I had very little information mm-hmm. and I was kind of accepting of that. But was it like a closed adoption? It it was, yeah. but he, they had back in the eighties, they were adopting so many kids. It was almost like a money-making industry. Right. And so yeah. they didn't have records. And so I tried one time to find them and uh, it just, they just gave whatever records my mm-hmm. mom disclosed, mm-hmm. my birth mom disclosed. 
So until I had kids, I'm like, gosh, I really wonder if there's any health issues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole life, anytime I would see another Asian woman, it'd be like, I wonder if that's my mom. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if I'll be, mm-hmm. you know, casinos, nail salons, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the very stereotypical things. And so I wrote the agency and my mom wrote back. It took a couple times and she wrote back. And then with the help of this nonprofit organization called Me in Korea, they actually were able to find her. And so Me in Korea is a nonprofit that basically helps adoptees go back and connect with their heritage. And so I went on a trip with Me in Korea with about 30 other adoptees at the time. And we went back for the very first time. It was so nice to go with people who could relate because we were all adopted. And so we all went over there and I met my mom for the first time. And it was almost like ugh, she showed up four hours early. You know, uh-huh. she was waiting for me. I'm sure. And it was so, I was just a wreck, like leading up to it. I just didn't know what to think. All the things that you have in your head thinking you'd meet for the first time, it's just not that at all. Yeah. So we were in separate rooms. And then the woman said, you know, your mom's next door. And then I didn't hear anything after that. I didn't listen to her instructions. I just was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, So then we met and she just, I mean, I instantly knew it was my mom. It's weird. I just knew because we looked so similar. Mm -hmm. And she just embraced me and just kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my baby. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for like three or four minutes. And it was almost like I didn't know how to react it was like I had no feelings Mm -hmm. because the things that I thought I would say or do if I ever saw her like I just didn't do Mm -hmm. and the things that I thought she would say and do it was just it was so I just didn't even it was almost like I was a shell like oh my gosh what's happening is this really even happening is this a movie right now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah how long did that last We were the first visit was about 15 minutes, and then we spent another two days together with an interpreter. But the first time I went back over to Korea, it was like almost like I was home. I had never felt like that before in my life Mm -hmm. to walk around in a place where people don't say, like, oh, well, she looks different. Like, I wonder where's she from? Yes, yeah. It's like no one even thinks any different because everyone looks the same. It's almost like probably like we, this is how white people people feel right in america like they right. just walk around because you know they look the same right so it was, it was just it was a really cool experience i remember you telling me that you were like it was the first time i walked down the street and everyone looked like me mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. how crazy and like i think you didn't expect that feeling that all of a sudden you like were walking down the street like oh mm-hmm. this is what it feels like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when um was it mostly women that were adopted in the like in the group that went back to meet their parents it was a good mix so back then i mean because also it was uh post-war to korean war so Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who are getting asian women pregnant that then korean women and then they couldn't keep their babies my family she happened to long story short it was Mm -hmm. like an affair and he Mm -hmm. couldn't marry her he had his own family Mm -hmm. and then she wanted to marry someone else but she was pregnant, so she had to give me up for adoption. So, yeah. but I mean, it, they're very, very, very traditional in Korea. And so, if your baby has a deformity, if you're born out of wedlock, if you are a teenager having a baby, you just give the baby up. It's not even mm-hmm. a, it's, 
not even a question. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, adopt, you know. Right, adoption. Yeah. Is it still like that? Like a thriving adoption? Not as much. Okay. No, yeah. they're more accepting mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. The time has moved on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the like most unexpected thing about that trip? Um, I think all the weird things that I thought were just part of who I am were mm-hmm. very Korean. Like stuff. Interesting. (laughs) I think the thing that most, I don't like, I don't eat breakfast foods. Like I don't enjoy breakfast, but in Korea, it's like you eat salty breakfast foods. Like you'll have rice for breakfast. I'm like, well, this makes sense to me. Like, this is what I want. I want rice and cucumbers for breakfast. And it's like, yeah. So just the little tiny things I think that are just Korean tendencies. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is, this is why. Right. Yeah. This is, you thought it was just you being different, but you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. everyone does this Mm -hmm. over here. And I didn't realize I love that. Mm -hmm. Did you go by yourself or did Adam go with you? He didn't go with me and I'm really glad because I was, I love the camaraderie and the support and how you were able to relate to all these other adoptees who were going through the same thing. Right. And do you keep in contact with them? Mm-hmm. Those people, yeah. That's we had amazing. a Zoom. I I don't know a couple of weeks ago. And have you seen so. your mom again, or just that one time? I have not seen my mom again. We will. It's called Cacao Talk. It's a Korean messenger. Cool. But she, I'm still a very much a secret to her whole family. Right. And I was mm-hmm. not able to ever find my dad. He's not a good person. She said. Mm-hmm. But we'll message each other. Mm-hmm. There's a huge language barrier, mm-hmm. and I think because I'm such a secret, still she'll reply with like a smiley face or sometimes I won't hear from her for like a year mm-hmm. and then I'll send her a very Korean p- picture of my son or myself <laughs> and she's like yes I love it yeah so <laughs> right oh <laughs> I remember when um you told me a story about when you had Kaden and he was born and you looked at him and it was the first time you had this overwhelming feeling of he's related to me and he looks like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the first time that I was able to say like, oh yes, that's a part of me because mm-hmm. I had nothing mm-hmm. to have a bond with really. I mean, my mom and my dad, I have a love and relationship bond, but mm-hmm. they're not part of like, oh, you get your eyes from your mom or your, right. you know, that's that's so your dad. I'm like, well, it's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. So. I get my red hair. Just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And what was that like? Do you remember, like when you you know you gave birth and you looked at him? Like, did you have this like overwhelming like, you know? I kind of I kind of was. I remember just you know it's a different type of love when you have your first baby too. But Absolutely. I also remember thinking, wow, how could a parent ever give a baby up? Right. How how cold hearted could you be to hold your baby and like. You know, mm-hmm. I remember that. But then I, it, it really had me thinking like, okay, I need to know. I really wanted to know who I came from. Yeah. So, and it was more that I, it didn't, I don't really want a relationship with her now. And it's not that relationship part that's missing. It was more physically seeing who she is and what the circumstance was mm-hmm. and knowing like, okay, that's what my mom actually looks like. Cause right. I had, no, I just had no clue. I went through like, okay, is that my mom? You know, that weird right. Dr. Seuss book. Like, are you my mother? Are I you don't know. Yeah. So is that crane over there? Are you my mother? Right. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the are you my mother book is so good. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's so relaxed in here. I feel like this I is know. therapy, but I kn- with podcasts. I know. With therapy with <laughs> microphones. And our oh. refreshments. 
Oh, do you have any siblings? Oh, birth siblings. Mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure. So my mom got knocked up by her boss. Okay, and he had a family. That's why he's like, no, no, no. I have my own family, family already. Right, you yeah. cannot be have this baby. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that my dad, my birth dad, my biological father has kids of his own. So I have half brothers and sisters mm-hmm. there. And then my mom went on to have a daughter mm-hmm. and a son after me. So I have a, another half brother and sister. But they don't know about you. They don't know about me. I've seen their pictures. Well, that's cool. Do they look like you? I, my, I look a lot like my sister. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I have my adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. They had a stillborn baby. That's why they adopted me. Mm-hmm. And then the moment I came over on the plane, my mom was throwing up in the airport and she was pregnant with my brother. So mm-hmm. we're only 11 months apart. I love that. That's such a <laughs> phenomenon of, I mean, I have cousins who were, one was adopted and one, you know, was, was born to the same parents, same as you and your brother within the same year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a phenomenon. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but. I know it's a thing. <laughs> like the, you know, the IVF adoption, then, mm-hmm. and then it, something happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The, somebody will know the, whatever it's called. Let us, let me know what it is. The blah, blah, blah phenomenon, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the geranium phenomenon or something. <laughs> That's what it's called. So, I mean, I know you just mentioned, you said you had that moment of when you gave birth and you looked at your son and you're like, how could somebody, now how do you feel now that you've met your mom and maybe contextualized the story and, and now it's been 10 years, like, how do you feel about, you know, her choice? Has it changed at all? I think that just going through motherhood, you really understand and you get older, just the different situations and how screwed up your life can be and stressful. Mm -hmm. So I do sympathize that a little, Mm -hmm. but I just, I guess I haven't thought about it as deeply. I mean, in Korea, it's so different. I mean, if you are, even to to, really today, if, if you got pregnant with someone and you're not married, your families would basically like disown you. Yeah. You know, so you'd have to give up that baby. They're they're very I mean, there's thousands of years of tradition there, unlike mm-hmm. the United States where we're all a mix of different heritages. Um, and we go back what how many hundred years? Yeah. <laughs> so the culture, I mean, it's that's one thing I really enjoyed about Korea is the different cultures and how they have just figured so much stuff out because they have lived a certain way for thousands of years. Thousands of years. I, I can certainly sympathize with what she went through and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not angry about any of it because I mean, I wouldn't be, mm-hmm. my life wouldn't be what it is today had she not have. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, like, I, I cannot end that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you have like, not evolves not like the word but like continued that thought process over the like 10 years that you've been a mom like maybe like okay you know what I mean and then you also know the story of what happened mm-hmm. and this like situation she was in yeah I think that is uh, I see it a lot in adoptees yeah where I mean really I there's two types of adopt- adoptees you either get over it mm-hmm. and evolve and accept that you were adopted and embrace mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. or you're on this other side where everything has happened to you because you were adopted and you see it a lot in adoptee communities Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you don't know what happens. I yep. mean, you don't know why and you're just jumped to all these conclusions. Well, I'm, I messed up because this happened to me, right. you know? So right. it's, it's, it's really, 
two different types of adoptees that you see a lot in the communities I'm in. Right. Do you think that has um, a lot to do with like open closed? Like what, what are your thoughts about that now and how that has evolved? And does that help people like cope with it better to know who my mom was and the name and all of it to have it open versus, cause I mean in our generation, everything was pretty closed mm-hmm. and I th- correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like now 40 years later, we've evolved a little bit to be like, oh, let's maybe not close this all so that the people can find out where they came from and whatever. Yeah, I guess I I don't really know what would be best because I do have a girlfriend who mm-hmm. has an open adoption. Mm-hmm. And even when I went back over to Korea, my mom took me to the airport and she was she almost felt threatened. She's like, I feel like I'm sending you back to your mom mm-hmm. after taking care of you all these years. And you're like, okay, well now she's, she's raised like have a relationship right it's like and my friend who's got an open adoption it was a teen mom kind Mm -hmm. of situation um and she wrote the letter and and when my friend gets the letters like knowing her birth mom wants to know what's going on with her son it's like does she want him back like it's it's like oh my gosh well what is it's you get Mm -hmm. so nervous and threatened and scared and so i certainly can see where it can get a little sticky with crossing lines and yep. you know you you wanted to be that parent but you gave them up but now you want to know what yeah mm-hmm. so you want to facebook stalk them yeah <laughs> and people do i mean yeah. now with social media it's like oh what a difference yeah or mm-hmm. um websites like like i said obviously you knew you were adopted but there are, are so many stories there's one of my favorite podcasts called uh, family secrets and it's hosted by an author who after her father died found out it wasn't her biological father um, it was like a sperm donation, but still just sent her through a whole, you know, and she wrote a book and now she hosts this podcast and people just constantly are submitting their own stories of like, yeah, I, you know. I think it happens way more than uh-huh. people. I mean, uh, yeah, I think Agreed. it happens a lot. Agreed. Uh, if anybody's interested, that's a great podcast. Yeah. Have you ever listened to it? <laughs> no. Oh, I Danny should. Shapiro is the name. So it's a lot of, I mean, I guess you were obviously of a different ethnicity. So <laughs> you were like, no way. I was <laughs> fucking adopted. Who with that one other <laughs> Asian in our town? <laughs> Did that happen to your mom a lot? Did she? No, but they would ask like, okay, so you're with your mom, but oh, so the dad must be Yeah, that's what I mean. Asian. Did, yeah. Did your mom get accused of like... <laughs> The, the Asian milkman, yeah, but, if you will. I mean, but we're su- it was such a white town. So white. Was I it mean, very small as well? Back then, yes. Like how many people? Well, now it's like 300,000, oh, but okay. still very white. Super white still. Right, right. Yeah. In Iowa, yeah. What is the Asian population of Iowa in general? Do you know? <laughs> when my family goes back to visit five. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You and your three kids, mm-hmm. five. <laughs> oh man, how does your like your your Iowa mom? <laughs> mm-hmm. How did she feel about the whole process of you, you know, going to Korea? She was really happy because she knew that that mm-hmm. part of, was really missing in my life. But I yeah. think she was really scared about my mom coming back into my life yeah. and wanting something from me. Right. So that she felt threatened. But she was so happy. You know, it was just all the things that she couldn't provide me heritage-wise, culture-wise, yep. all the stuff that I had to yep. just go do on my own. Yep. So. Has, have things, so once you went to Korea and, and visited, and how long were you there for? Like two weeks, was it? Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah. What did you bring back? Like, 
to be a part of your life now. Of like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to cook this food or whatever. Yeah, the culture, yeah. basically, yeah. I just brought yeah. into our life more. Yeah. So my Tell kids were taking, before COVID, mm-hmm. they started taking Korean language lessons, which we're really yeah. lucky. We have a huge Korean population at ASU mm-hmm. and a couple different Korean churches. And so I dove into everything that I yeah. could possibly, because it was so much, I'm like, this This is really, I feel so connected. connected to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was just things in my life where I, I just missed but i didn't know i was missing i don't know yep. if that makes sense yep. it's like uh-huh. oh my gosh yeah. why didn't you yep. know so we will do different holidays and we'll try to incorporate different things and just small pieces of language and the writing mm-hmm. so definitely we'll try to keep it up but it's not like guys you have to learn korean right <laughs> you'll use it when you go to the airport one day i don't know <laughs> yeah right <laughs> when the lady's being rude to you about yeah. the lotion mm-hmm. but i i will try to do more things so uh, growing up i never saw anything korean right that i could relate to it was all white yep and so i try to i try to do more things that my kids look like yep. the people mm-hmm. who represent them yep. i think that's important and do you think that like going to Korea is when you really started to do that? Or were you doing that before you went to Korea? I think a little bit of both because yeah. that's when I started motherhood and Got it, really realizing yep. how important it was and how much I missed growing up so white. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, and I guess we should say your husband is white. Yes. Yes. So it's funny because people will say like, oh, you're a biracial couple. I'm like, well, I, I guess we are. I don't, I never think of it that way but yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i guess you are (laughs) (laughs) okay i know about the lotion thing but i'm just absolutely fascinated by how your daily life maybe has been affected this last year of like i said presenting asian if you will like obviously like what has happened to you what has been said what has been done like like it it just blows my mind yeah, I think well with the with the shootings that just happened. It's funny my yeah. my girlfriend Raz and I were just talking about it because I love that I said pre- she, presenting Asian by the way. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know, I'm I'm really looking for a very strong Asian movement like for yes, that uh-huh. like you know, it's it, uh, almost like George Floyd movement mm-hmm. with Asians. I'm like that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because the Asian American society, I feel like is not that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I hate to call it submissive, but we're not the protesting type. And this is, this. Mm-hmm. I can only speak for myself. I mean, I'm very involved in very little mm-hmm. Asian communities in general in my, my whole life. Like just recently I've dove into it. But I feel like a lot of it is either, you know, their parents have married into in mm-hmm. Asia, so they're they're Asian American, so it's mm-hmm. like my family, mm-hmm. yep. and so they're raised white, or their grandparents have come over here, but yet have married into some white family or biracial, and and so I feel like a lot of the culture and heritage isn't as like we aren't as proud mm-hmm. to be American. We're almost whitewashed, is what they call it, like yep. into a society. Because yep. I mean, it's like me; I grew up very white. Mm-hmm. Asians especially in Korea, put a huge emphasis on education. Like mm-hmm. it's huge. The suicide rate is is phenomenal, like phenomenally oh, wow. high because there's so much pressure to perform mm-hmm. educationally. So I think mm-hmm. the society here bringing it over, they put a lot, a lot of emphasis on education mm-hmm. and not like 
putting your head down and focusing on right. on work achieve, and education. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, like, whoa. Then what are you doing? Yes. Like, you shouldn't be out there breaking the... Like, don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. that is, you know, mm-hmm. that's just... So, I, I just don't feel like there's going to be a huge movement. But... And it's certainly sad because... It's just like all the stuff going on right now. It's mm-hmm. just disgusting how we're treating each other as a society and whole. Yeah. But as far as my life has changed a little, I think that it's brought more awareness in a good way mm-hmm. that um, there's been certainly a lot of discrimination because of COVID too, yep. Yep. I think. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't affected my, my kids are kind of don't are too little okay. to understand okay, good. what's going on and in the school i feel like they're a little white here yeah <laughs> it's a pretty white school <laughs> yes. we are in texas so, yeah <laughs> well and i mean the texas is a diverse state but not where we are yes, yes. yeah I'm, I'm so fascinated and we'll watch this and i guess like time will tell is like the answer of like does this become a point where you know the asian american experience changes you know I would I would hope so because COVID really did put Asian Americans on spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like we've we've done this in our country before, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's been a couple generations since we had just such a really disgusting mm-hmm. um, attitude. I don't know. I, what am I trying to say? Like, I I do hope that any like disgusting event that happens can. I hate to say like there's not good that comes from it because I, d- I don't believe in that like it, there was a lot of human loss and it's never like a good thing of like oh something good came of it but I hope that we can make some sort of sense of it does mm-hmm. that make sense you mm-hmm. know that's why I like to say instead of like oh there'll be some good or whatever like no fuck that like I hope that there can be a sense that can come from it because to I don't want it to get worse mm-hmm. you know there this I feel like we're at that point right now right like is it going to get worse for the asian american uh, world here in our country world what <laughs> the asian american identity mm-hmm. in our country or is it you know what is it go- what are we going to do here mm-hmm. i like to open it up though like what else do you want to tell us about like whatever what do you want what do you want us to know about being korean being adopted being a realtor being oh my a gosh. mimi <laughs> I don't know. I think I think just recently I've been experiencing a little guilt of being a working mom too. And yeah. I'm sure you get this a ton because this spring break was just basically me working yep. with no supervision of kids. Yep. <laughs> like they need to go to school. Like, yes. What do you mean spring break? Yeah. And so it was the kids basically riding a lot in my car, watching movies, eating McDonald's for five to eight hours. I mean, this sounds yeah. very neglectful neglectful but i had to have them right around while i showed houses while i put signs in yards you know mm-hmm. they're they're kind of just used to it and then just feeling bad for it and so then i compensate with very bad behavior on my own like candy or you know mm-hmm. here let's go we bought chickens and right. it's like very <laughs> just feeling guilty and i think that as a mom you really try to compensate with materialistic things mm-hmm. than love which my kids are like okay thanks I, I know you love me but what are you going to give me so I think I need to really figure out that part have you found a good balance or what do you <laughs> As right now my kids are locked outside of this room 
<laughs> I came screeching home from work five minutes before I was supposed to meet with you and like, hi. Remember, I was like, do y'all need anything before I go talk to Mimi? But like, didn't give him a chance to <laughs> hope you don't need anything because I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so much work, I feel like, to be done of this working mom stuff. Like, we're just realizing maybe it's not the best you know <laughs> you know i feel like there was a moment where we're like yes we can do it all and then we did it all for a long time and we're like fuck this sucks <laughs> you know, like yeah it's a lot and i i don't know i don't have the answer to that other than i know they'll be okay i know they'll be okay yeah we were latchkey kids you know <laughs> yeah i mean both my parents worked and mm-hmm. mine too I remember being supervised, unsupervised for, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was so weird because when we were younger, you could just go outside and play and be gone for however long. Mm -hmm. But now I'm very fearful of if my kids are out even in the front yard Mm because there's a lot of traffic where we live. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh gosh, someone's just going to zip through. Mm-hmm. So now I'm being that weird helicopter mom who's like, stranger, like, get in. <laughs> get like, get outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I ain't got no answers on that other than I try to remind myself they are absorbing something cool. And that's like a mom that is hustling and is doing things and is like, you're a business lady and you're running your business and you're like, look at me because, you know, you have a daughter. Like, yeah. Look at me. Look at everything I'm handling. And yeah. like, you're running around with me and I'm putting signs here and I'm mean and I'm calling and this and that and the other. Like, there's some good shit. Yeah. You know. Well, same being, with you. Like, yeah. gosh, all your girls are going <laughs> to. I can't imagine them not being so busy because right. of all the things you have going on. Like, your podcast, <laughs> you're on social media, you're five billion new businesses you're starting i mean it's just incredible and to see you know for them to see you doing all that hard work and your husband can build anything right anything (laughs) i think it's the same though you know like i think we gotta just like this is a perfect example just like you said to me of like look what you're showing them it's the same as you you know yeah you have to say to yourself what you'd say to me (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I have fun questions. Okay. Do you want to do fun questions? Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? Okay, we're going to move on to fun our fun questions at the end. They're up on the wall behind you. Okay. So what was your first car? Oh my gosh. My first car was a... This is so stereotypical Asian, but it oh. was a Honda. <laughs> it was a white Honda, which I actually still drive a you white drive Honda a, I now. I was just a about minivan. to say that. Those cars are really good, okay? They, they will never give up. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mimi and I actually drive the same car. She is white and I have silver. Well, let's call it a minivan because yeah, it is a true, true minivan. It's true. And it's awesome. Yes. I love my mom missile. I like to call it the, it's the fanny pack of cars. Oh, yes. I love that. Uh-huh. And I have a fanny pack Me that too. I now I, I have in that cabinet i have like five it's like it's so handy so handy <laughs> especially if you're wearing like pants that don't have good pockets because they're like lady pants yes exactly yeah. exactly the, you're to hear the fanny pack of cars oh no i love that though the door we have the most ideal car for um school drop off and pick up oh yeah you can push a button and the doors mm-hmm. open yeah. and then you're like no, no no i got it yeah i'll close it from up here mm-hmm. don't touch my car <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a Honda, a Honda, and it was a stick shift. And my mm-hmm. dad taught me how to uh, ride a stick shift because we had gravel, um, mm-hmm. some gravel farm area, you mm-hmm. know. So that's how I learned how to drive a car. 
Mm-hmm. And it. I'm so thankful I learned how to drive a stick. Because yeah. not a lot of people know how to That's drive a stick. That's number seven up there. We're going to jump oh, right really? to it. Can you oh, drive, okay. a, can you drive yes, a standard chin? Yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a lot, of, a lot of people under the age of 35. I think they can't drive. Do they make cars with stick shifts still? I, I think you have to drive an older car. You know, I mean, Hmm. I'm sure trucks. Maybe there's some little pickup, light duty pickup trucks that may be a standard. Yeah, Yeah. it's not very common. It was common when we were driving. Oh yeah, when we my first car was also a standard, and I didn't. I took it out the first day. I was like, I'm gonna teach myself how to drive it. My dad was like, You did what? (laughs) I like when you're learning and then you don't get the clutch right, and you're like jerking. You're like, Oh jeez, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, how old were you when you got your period? Oh gosh, I was, um, I remember it because I was in a gymnastics meet mm-hmm. and I was probably in middle school and I was performing a floor routine mm-hmm. and I had just nailed it. Like, cause my coach was like, get over here, get over here, waving her hands after I got done. And I was like, oh, she's going to tell me how good I did. Like, mm-hmm. I know it. She's so proud of me. Like I felt it. It was awesome. And she put her arms around me and she was like huddled and she's like, did you know you have your period? <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> no. And she's like, go to the bathroom and go wash your legs. <laughs> like blood in my thighs. So I was like mortified. And back then, you know, my dad was taking me to all these gymnastics meets. And yeah. so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? I was in the bathroom by myself. And my coach had grabbed like, you know, another mom to help me. Because my dad wasn't traveling with tampons or right. pads. or He wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but I mean, the whole audience is at <laughs> seeing the massacre in between my legs. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, yes. I nailed it. I don't even know the score I got. I uh, just remember. <laughs> Awful. That's one of the best. Stories. Yeah, so that was my <laughs> little traumatic. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Uh, toilet paper over, under, or you don't care? <laughs> oh, um, over, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's hanging. Yeah. yeah. Hanging down. The back, you're like, I can't, you can't get it. Yeah. Uh, what's the last book you read or what are you currently reading? The last book I read was actually this tiny little book and it was called, oh shoot, now I'm drawing a blank. It's a, mm-hmm. like a tiny little coffee table book and oh, it's okay. all about the prayer of Jabez about increasing your territory and blessing yourself with all the blessings in the world. Oh, I love it. And so it was, it was a really easy book to read. I try to listen to books my, mainly. What was the last one you listened to? Oh. I, f- I fall asleep really oh, fast really? if I read. Yes. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Laying here like, look, there's there's my stack. Big Speed and I've been working on that for a long oh, time. I um, the, the physical last book I read, mm-hmm. gosh, or the audio. Or audio. 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 Uh, it was audible. the mm-hmm. whole probably Crazy Rich Asians books. I uh, love listening to them. Is yeah. there more than one? There's three. I did not know that. They're, the books are way better than the movies. Okay, good to know. Yeah. What, what, there's like a good... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trilogy. Thank you. Yes. That was like a tranquil. That's not it. <laughs> tranquil. How <laughs> they made just more than the one movie though? Are they making more movies? They're gonna make more movies. Yeah. Okay. The books are way better though. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'll try to get to the audible on those because <laughs> I know Gray has read and watched the movie, the Crazy Rich Asians, but not anything other than that. Okay. Cilantro. Yes or no? All of it. I love it. Okay. I'll put it on anything. All right. When you drink a latte, see, I know this though, but tell the listeners, <laughs> what kind of milk do you get? Oat milk? Oat milk. Yep. I asked that because I- Oh, whole milk, like milk milk. Wait, what kind of milk do you order when you order a latte? Oh, 
whole milk, I guess. Or honestly, ever anything, you guys. I'm not a okay. <laughs> Jesse has this coffee shop here, which is amazing. <laughs> but I am not a coffee drinker. I would only get pumpkin spice lattes because it's the only thing I know how to order, mm-hmm. and it's very confusing to me. The latte, the cappuccino, the mm-hmm. frappuccino. I mm-hmm. don't understand any of it. And so when they opened, <laughs> like everything, everything you did. and I'm like, just make it how you think I would like it. And yeah. so I have to put special ones like however Jesse makes, ever Daniel makes it. But the red eye yeah. is like one the, of my favorites. And the cortado, mm-hmm, cortada, mm-hmm, cortado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The red eye though, I just don't even drink for the taste. I drink for the immense energy uh-huh. it gives me. I yep. could flip a car. I could punch through glass. <laughs> I could climb a 1,400-foot mountain. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. incredible. Yeah. That one is really good. That is aptly named, right? <laughs> yeah. So that is uh, espresso and coffee, everyone. It's like the most caffeine. Oh, that's and, incredible. Yeah. And Raz had one before she came over, and she finished mm-hmm. helping me, me build the chicken coop. She's <laughs> like, what? I'll pick this whole thing up. Like, she yeah. put 10 extra nails in yeah. one board. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I served her one this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we almost went. Oh, can you drive a standard transmission? Yes. Um, f- you know your family. Where were you in the birth order? I think we went over this too. Yeah, I don't know what I would be biologically. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming probably pretty middle because mm-hmm. I have no idea how many kids my, my dad, dad had. Yep. And then my mom has two under afterwards. Me. Yes, you're yeah. like in the middle. Um, and then in your Iowa family, oldest. Yep, of two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cl- like. Irish twins, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Kindergarten teacher. Gosh, I don't remember my kindergarten teacher. I remember my second grade teacher was mm-hmm. Mrs. Kilstrom, and I'll still talk to her this day. Oh, really? Yes. My mom had actually acute leukemia okay. when I was in second grade. And I remember at our Christmas program, they picked us up. And they were like, we're going to go to grandma's house. I'm like, dude, we're supposed to perform in like five minutes. Why are we doing this? But this is awesome. Like, let's go. This is so much fun. And my parents didn't tell me at the time. And they didn't tell me until I was older. But basically, she was given like five days to live. She had acute leukemia. And it was just, you know. Mm -hmm. So she ended up living in the Iowa City Hospital, which is about an hour from us for years. Because back then, you couldn't do chemo and leave like she just lived there for a very long time in chemotherapy and she didn't get a bone marrow transplant like she went into remission about 15 years later so she did survive but my whole second grade it was just my dad and he was working Mm -hmm. but like raising two a a second grader and a first grader on his own so my my second grade teacher was practically like my mom she just Mm -hmm. took care of me like oh my gosh yeah Mm -hmm. wow that's a rough year yeah, yeah, that was crazy year. Yeah. Dang, and she fought that for 15 years, basically? Yeah, she was, I mean, in and out. And so it's funny because I'm so, it's not like it was, It's it was almost like COVID because mm-hmm. we couldn't have friends over. Right. She couldn't go places in public. If she did, she had to wear a mask. And I was just mortified. Like, who wears masks in public? Right. Like, no one. And Especially back then. Yeah, yeah, she had a turban. I mean, it was just, it was very, mm-hmm. very hard on our family, which ultimately, I think, you know, led to my parents' divorce. And mm-hmm. just, it was just really a turning point in our family. I think yeah. that happens a lot. Like something mm-hmm. very traumatic happens and yep. just unravels. But yep. that's very common. Yeah. yeah. 
So Mrs. Kilstrom, I'll never Mrs. forget Kilstrom. her. <laughs> I love it. Is she still alive? <laughs> yes, she is. Oh. We will like Facebook. Oh, you sometimes. really do? Oh. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, what's your middle name? My middle name is my Korean middle name, which is Hua. <gasps> H-W-A. I didn't know that. Yeah, but my parents did not know. So my Korean name is Kim Mi Hua. Okay. Which in Korea, your last name comes first. So Kim is my last name. Okay. And then Mi Hua is my Korean name. Okay. But my as you read it, if you were reading English, you think that my middle name is Hua. So they dropped the Mi mm-hmm. Hua and just gave me the Hua. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know. So it's it's just Hua. And then Mimi is me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very similar. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have. If people are interested in connecting with you, Mimi, like if they are also adopted or if they're also Korean and they're also Korean adopted... Where can they find you? I can be found on Instagram, mm-hmm. which my f- name is at the football family mm-hmm. on Instagram. And I post things like my love of, you know, pizza, friends, family, <laughs> football, <laughs> everything, <laughs> Korean too. Or on Facebook, just Mimi Clark. Same. Yeah. 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 Because she's plugged into this network. If yes. you, you know, hear this and you're like, oh, I'll need to know other people in a community. This is your gal. Mimi's your gal. Yes. Or realtors. Oh my yes. gosh. How about kick ass Texas realtors? Oh, what other states were you a realtor in? Um, Iowa and Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the same state. Uh, very close. <laughs> yes. They're like separated by the Mississippi River. Right. And so the town I lived in was called the Quad Cities. And so you could do business in Iowa. And then if I'd have a showing on the Illinois side, I had to get another license. You go across the Mississippi River on the bridge. So you had to have a double license basically to work mm-hmm. because they're that close. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. And I remind everyone every week that uh, I'm at LaJoy Society on Instagram and the website is LaJoy Society and rate the show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before you put your phone down today, just go ahead and rate the show. Just go ahead and give it stars. Five. 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 Mimi, thank you so much. I love sitting down and talking to my friend. Like I I know some of the stuff about you, but I'm like, let's hear more. (laughs) I love it. This is my favorite. Yes. Thank you so much. And and actually, if you do find me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I think I do have the video of my mom <gasps> and I actually meeting I haven't seen on there yet. too. I'm going to go find that. It's on whatever your stories yep. you can save. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... Oh, very cool. It's on there. And I just want to say that disclaimer um, that we talked about <laughs> you coming on and being on the show before there was like a major Asian <laughs> like hate crime hate happened. crime. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah. can we talk about this? Because it feels very yeah, relevant. But you know, it's weird. I, I feel like ever since COVID hit, mm-hmm. something crazy could happen. And I it doesn't even face. I'm a little unfazed mm-hmm. over anything crazy <laughs> that happens because it's just like, well, what? What's, what? Yeah. I mean, this, it's kind of sad that we're so jaded that way. But right. I feel like all this stuff that's happened in the last two years is just, you're like, okay, well, what mm-hmm. do we either have to adapt to or what's going to be shortage now? And right. Like what, right. Yeah. What, yeah. It's just kind of sad that you, nothing surprises you with these hate crimes too. It's like, it's right. becoming so common that. Yep. Well, on that note. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that happy note. <laughs> on that like. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll meet here again next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather i
chances taken, choices made Cards left on tables and cards played And no one knows How will it go? Questions burning in the mind Answers may not be there to find Paint the picture